2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app about participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Oh, hello. Um, I'm your presenter for the evening, John Burgess. Chris Hambling is off round and about. I think he's in Hammersmith tonight. So, uh, well, no loss there, really. So, uh, <laughs> I'd like to welcome my co-presenters for the day, which is Mark, Albert, and Nick. Hello, guys. Hello, John. Mark, anything uh, anything interesting this week?
4: Um, it's been an interesting week on the football front, hasn't it? It's been Hallis, busy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, nice cup win in midweek. Great cup draw uh, on Saturday. The uh, Doogie Friedman to Leicester rumours and uh, um. I don't know, the game on Saturday, which obviously we'll discuss, was a sort of uh, a strange affair, but it, I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail a bit later.
3: Yeah, it has been, it's been a bit mental, really, isn't it? Mm, I mean, nonstop.
4: Just,
3: mm. I, personally, I'd say, like, doing Palace Radio as well, uh, I haven't known whether I'm coming or going with show plans, and you who know, I'm just told to turn up somewhere at some point, and, and I go there, there could, there could have been untold practical jokes played on me, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, so, so that's that. Albert, how are you?
5: Do you want the radio answer, or do you want the real-life answer? <laughs>
3: mm, at this stage, <laughs> I'll go for the radio answer, thanks. I'm good, thanks. How are you? F- f- fantastic. I'm quite a lot of pain, but that's another story. Um, how, how's your week been? You got down to Sellers Park, didn't you, on, on Saturday?
5: I'm, well, twice with this week. What a treat. I
3: know. It's bit, it's, it's bit, it's bit, I, was, I was saying before, though, it's been a bizarre season, hasn't it, really, so far, in terms of we've had loads of fixtures crammed in all at once, and then massive international break then they've crammed in all the fixtures again and we've got international break after international break we've got one coming up i think we've got a game on the fifth and then there's not one again till the 20th it's just been it's been bizarre and it's it's been quite irritating actually to be quite honest and it, well, that's that's my rant over for the afternoon <laughs> evening I don't, I don't know i don't know well, what's the am. evening now <clears throat> is it I, I couldn't tell you to be honest um and we're also welcomed by nick guss here hello nick hello
6: hello how are you
3: Very well. We had a a minute handshake, didn't we, on Saturday?
6: It was ickle, wasn't it?
3: It was was the world's smallest handshake. Um, Have
6: they um, let you out of your cage yet? It's reminiscent of the Radio 1 Roadshow. I was expecting Dave Lee Travis to turn up at some point.
3: (laughs) For those of you who don't know, if you weren't there on Saturday, um, Palace Radio were doing the music out in the family fun day in the executive car park, and we were sort of stuck outside Sparoni's in the little caged area. So... um, yeah, that was it. Was it was quite bizarre. I felt like we'd been imprisoned there. Like no one else would take the job, so they just stuck Palace Radio there, and uh, there was there was no possibility of us getting out. As much as uh, the little handshake did cheer me up, we did get out eventually. Um, yeah. But I stupidly went back.
6: Can so, I uh, just mention the chat room hallradio.net/chat? There's a couple you, of people in there. It'd Be nice to have a few people in there tonight.
3: No, you can't. You can't do that, Nick.
6: Okay, I won't. Then.
3: <laughs> Mainly because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go through all the contact details now. So if you want to call in, you can call on 020-8123-1646. Or you can tweet us at twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Start your tweets with at whole radio. And also go and have a look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash radio. Sorry, whole radio. And you can also email us radio at Wow, We've got loads of contacts, haven't we, really? And say, so, uh, as Nick says, go on to the chat room, um, get in there, it's always a bit lively in there, wholeradionet forward slash chat. There we are. Was that good? Was alright, guys?
4: Sounded top draw. <laughs> it, was,
3: it was fantastic, wasn't it? I've got to say, apologies, I'm absolutely knackered today. Chris
4: is going to have to find himself a new job, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the case that, that's before the subject we started
3: today's show really wasn't it that's the thread of the week
4: that is chris rambling, rambling what are you going to do next
3: chris <laughs> rambling is off on a ramble somewhere uh, we don't know where we we, we could phone him but I, I don't think we'd get a coherent response i've heard he's
6: in hammersmith
3: hammersmith
6: yeah mm, i don't know why
3: I don't know. Someone said he had something about. A hat Are you on. seeing
4: some professional ladies or anything like that? <laughs> ladies no, not, of the night. <laughs> not not with the hat he's wearing. That's for sure. Oh, that's another story.
3: So um, anyway, I just wanted to bring to you, uh, bring to your attention, we've got a special extra show coming up on the seventh of November, um, and it's going to be completely dedicated to the new EPP rules. Um, for those who don't who don't know, this about how players are going to be taken from academies um, and put in basically taken from, to bigger clubs and academies are going to be ranked one to four. Blah blah blah. Isn't it three Ps? Um, <laughs> I think I think it's about twenty six. <laughs> to be honest, I stopped reading after two, so. It did. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we've got a special show coming up on the seventh and it's all confirmed and we're going to have two special guests on to uh, to debate the issue and we're going to have uh, CPFC co-chairman Steve Parrish who obviously is going to um, I would imagine he's going to have a look at it from the standpoint of clubs like Palace and maybe some smaller clubs who aren't necessarily going to be um, what they call Group 1 academies. And we're also going to be joined by a former Palace player and current Football Association Head of Elite Development, Gareth Southgate. And uh, obviously he's going to have had a lot to do with the uh, with this rule coming into effect. So uh, it's, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really lively debate, and it's going to be something that's completely up to date. And I, I haven't actually seen anywhere else that's done this, so it's, it should be a, a really, really impressive show. So if you do know of anyone who's really furious with the new EPP rules, or maybe someone who um, who's in support of them, get them to listen in to the show, and maybe they can make a uh, make an educated guess after that. Because to be honest, I'm completely baffled by the whole thing. I don't know about you guys.
5: Has anybody got John Bostock's number? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, the number six. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand on the squad sheet. Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I, th- I think you can find him on on the Tottenham reserve bench somewhere. If, if I think
4: it, it all depends, isn't it? The old uh, EPPP on uh, basically what your club is, you know. Mm. So uh, if you're like Morecambe and Hereford, and they don't have a academy as such then it suits them fine. But if you've got a good academy like Southampton, Crystal Palace and so forth, then obviously it's going to affect um, the better academies more because we're not going to get and obviously if you uh, a good return. Yeah. And if well, you are you blaming Morecambe? Basis.
5: Are you solely blaking Morecambe?
4: No, they're just an example. We're not, of we're not of the anyone out not Or blaming them. even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, anyway. you put your teeth in, please. It's <laughs> a <into> what? <laughs> well, where have anyway, you left them? <laughs> anyway,
3: so now, now we completely um, messed up that entire section. Um, do tune in and say it's going to be Tuesday, seventh of November, and it's going to be a, it's going to be an amazing show. I mean, if I can't get it on it, I will certainly be listening. That's for sure. I mean, it's it's just something that's really, really current. I mean, we had on Saturday. Uh, did did any of you know it's the? Uh, the, the little protest that the Homesdale did, unfortunately, it didn't gather much, gather much speed. I think um, I'm not sure whether a family day was the right time to do it. To be honest, I mean, what's your ideas on that?
6: How did it, how did it go at other grounds? Because it wasn't just Sellhurst Park, was it? I heard there were there were 42 clubs taking part. Is well, I didn't correct? see
3: anyone from other grounds um, in Sellhurst Park either. So I think the other clubs must have done much better than us.
5: Yeah,
4: so, I've yeah. heard. Um, I've I've seen nothing on it of. Um, Nothing written about it, nothing in the press, nothing on the radio about it. Um, I don't know if any of the other lads have. Have you guys, anyone heard Never. anything? No. Seems like it went down like a bit, like a damp squib. I well, agree with the, have... with the principle of it all, but it's just, it was just the wrong, the wrong, I think it's match the wrong time. to do it on.
3: And I think it's also that it's, it's the wrong way of doing it. I think while well, yes the sentiment is correct, I think it'd be much more effective. I've seen on I think uh, on the Homesdale and also on other websites about it, it maybe getting fans from all of the 72 League clubs together and march to the FA like we did with, uh, with, the, with the banks during the administration time. Mm. You know, That's how you get, if you get that many thousands of people in one place, that's when people will sit up and take notice. If a couple of hundred fans in each, in, in each ground around the country do something, t- to be honest, it's quite easily glossed over as much as you, you hope it wouldn't be. But also in the wake of all this Hillsborough is very current at the moment, and you've got the thought maybe if, if everyone had done it, you'd have everyone rushing in after five minutes, which is something that, that CPSC 2010 particularly um, were, were worried about that that, that that might happen. It might lead to health and safety concerns. And especially at a fun day, you don't want to see anything like that that's going to you know, have a negative impact on the football fans of tomorrow.
6: Yeah, John, um, Dweeves just mentioned in the chat room that Ben Brower mentioned on Twitter about Cardiff fans walking out. So I don't know. That's, that's all I've heard about other teams, so... Really? That's interesting, yeah. And Louis Schemeagle was talking about um, a tweet that Gareth Southgate did. I don't know what the tweet said. He hasn't actually revealed it. But his kind of view is that's really rich, coming from somebody who's come through the Palace Academy themselves.
3: Well, th- see, uh, that, that's going to be the sort of, like, the, the unnoticed side of this. And I really hope it's drawn to his attention. He, he came through our Academy. Had he gone to one of the, what's going to be, grade one academies would he have would he have made it as a footballer or would he have been cast aside you don't know and i think i think that's the worry i mean some academies like palace they take the extra care because it means so much more with uh, to them as a club to get these players coming through because they can't afford the big you know transfer budgets and wages so they have to produce their own players and that's going to be taken away from english football and that, that, that's the standpoint, And I mean, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm really hit up over the whole thing, far outweighing anything else that's, that's going on in my life, which should take priority, to be honest. But um, it, it's an infuriating rule, and it'll be a, a really, really good debate on the seventh. so do tune in for that. Anyway, we're going to move on and have a look at some of the threads that you guys on the Holmesdale have posted this week. Um, it's going to be Palace-related, obviously, so we're going to have a look quickly at the sort of Freedman to Leicester debacle mark any thoughts on that
4: well it was um i uh i was completely i was very surprised uh that leicester got rid of their so early in the season with them only being a couple of points off the playoffs mm. so the first thing was that uh the surprise at them sacking him s- so early like almost like a poison chalice now, Leicester, I think. And um, exactly, it's exactly yeah. right. Who's gonna want to go there if the owners are gonna sack you after thirteen games? And then it's a bit ironic that uh, they should sack an experienced whether you call him successful or not is debatable but Well know, he has been he's had some of the top yeah. jobs in the game, you know. He's, yeah. uh, he was yeah. been up at
3: Man City, he's managed England, I Lazio, mean he get that far. Yeah. Lazio, it, it, you know, if you get yeah. that far you've got you've got to have something Notts about County. it.
4: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, but the thing is though, that, yeah, but the thing is that it's ironic that you go from one extreme to the other. You'll have Sven with all that experience, international, club, European experience, and then they'll go and sniff around Dougie, who has hasn't even done a full season with us. It's See just, for me, for me, bizarre. it
3: seems like it's, it's panic, isn't it? They yeah. put loads of money in, and they expected immediate success. And as we've seen, like with Man City, even in the Premier League, it's taken them a year or two to really gel as a club, having all those new players around and mm. whole new expectations that weren't there before. I mean Leicester were pretty settled, yeah. they were towards the top end of the championship and you know they knew where they, they, they might stand a chance, but once you get this amount of money you've got Sven at the helm, you've got like players like Neil Dans for instance coming in, you got what, is it Beckford who's gone there? Yeah, right Beckford, Beckford, Nugent. <laughs> exactly then the fans expect and I think that I think it's a real like jerk, uh, knee-jerk reaction from the board to be honest um, I mean any look, you said it's a poison chalice and my opinion of that is that it is a poison chalice purely and simply because unless you go there and get promotion this season <laughs> you'll be fired over the
4: summer yeah. well, it was interesting some of the things that were written we were talking before the show about um, on the Leicester forums about about Doogie Freeman, and they were quite scathing about the, us as fans of Palace of, yeah now Nick uh, you've had a look at that haven't you yeah
6: yeah, I even posted on there as a, a, a pseudonym, Naxgusit. Um,
3: <laughs> so what was the general feeling on there towards the whole?
6: There was, there was, was like any um, any kind of um, chat board. There were a few people slagging Paddy's off, saying we're a tin pot club and what a load of rubbish. And others saying, oh, we don't want him, and um, you know, why Dougie Friedman? And somebody else said, oh, they don't, they don't actually believe. That he's coming until it's come across the uh, yellow ticker at the bottom of Sky News, and it's just they 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 fought with a load of rubbish, really. The Leicester fans and said they just wanted Townshend back, please.
4: The funniest uh, thing I saw there was um, I had a quick brief look at it before we come on air, and um, one uh, Leicester fan just basically three words: worst week ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all he put on there. On, on the Leicester Forum. But it could be worse, right? It could be
3: worse. He could be a Brighton fan. So, um, yeah. so that, that's something. That, I mean, Albert, how would you feel? Like, um, I mean, Doug has come out and said that he's not going, but how would you have felt had he said he was entertaining that idea if uh, CPFC 2010 had allowed Leicester to talk to him and he had said, maybe this could be a big step up for me, Albert? I'd have
5: been gutted, obviously, emotionally, and I'd have been shocked, to be honest, because, you know, Freeman's quite clearly got a, a plan and a project, and he always talks. I mean, he even said in his post-match quotes that he tells young players to focus and concentrate on the job in hand. If, if he'd have gone, I'd have I'd have been really really shocked, let alone massively upset. But I was, you know, I'd, when I first heard the rumour, I'd have um, I'd have put my mortgage on him not going, to be honest, and um, don't even have a mortgage. That's how confident I was. So. Uh,
3: I'd I'd have put someone else's mortgage as well on him not going. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't have cared if he if he had done from that perspective. Well, you been more you'd win some, lose about him some. Going Than losing are, someone else's mortgage.
4: To be honest. There are a lot of managers without jobs at the moment, like Dowie, <laughs> people like that might want well, to they, go. Well, they've <laughs> mentioned Martin O'Neill,
3: haven't they? Martin O'Neill has been thrown around a, a lot
4: there. Oh. But there's what? people even like if they want to go high profile. There's people like Benitez who haven't got who hasn't got a job, you know. But I mean, well, the agent Dowie could definitely do a job there. He could take him down. Yeah, the do cleaning. A <laughs> <laughs> he could do he's a job. Be, he's, it better, be better he's better at managing than start. he is, and yeah, <laughs> he's better at managing than he is on commentating anyway.
3: Yeah, that is not difficult. though. <laughs> <it really is. laughs> um, and obviously, the other big bit of um, news that sort of come out this week is um, regarding the cup draw. Mark, reactions.
4: Well, I mean, there was two trains of thought really. One was progressing and the other was a glamour tie and uh really you know it was obviously out of our hands but ultimately i think it's turned out well because uh we're going to make a lot of money out of that uh cup tie and you know maybe we make enough money to Give Klein a few more quid to make him stay. <laughs> or Brian, or, or <laughs> I don't know. This year. I mean, that's yeah. one thing. I mean, no, the, but it, it's, that yeah, not really I mean, the still. financial thing. I mean, if we were going to get an away draw, a glamour tie, that was it. We got it. But if we wanted to win the competition, we probably would have chosen to play Cardiff or Blackburn at home. But I mean, you know, we, we've still got a chance. The only team, top team, who seem to really be taking it seriously seems to be Liverpool. They put out a, a full strength 11. Uh, I, I
3: disagree with you there, in the sense that I think Man City, despite they might not they, be putting out well their, their first team, is, is their second eleven is their second is still a top half of the Premier League first yeah, team. Yeah, but right. um, and, and uh, that's the one team I wanted to avoid. Hmm. But Nick, um, are you excited about the possibility of going to? Uh, I am. My again? my
6: my kids are very um very fed up. Very fed up. I'm a teacher. I should speak proper English, shouldn't I? Um. Because I promised them, okay, if we get a premiership team at home, you can go, you can go, you can go. I mean, I can't because it's a school night and, you know, being a teacher, I can't really get the next day off. Unless I can get a place on the uh, jumbo jet that's going from uh, <laughs> from Biggin Hill Airport, I've heard.
4: Yeah. Take so, us, take get us, on take that us one. through that, Mick.
6: But, um, how, that's
4: a, gonna work. Yeah, how is that going to work, Nick?
6: There's a thread <laughs> in Palace Talk. Somebody's um, oh, mentioned no, that. shot.
4: A jumbo from...
6: Yeah, back. either that or nick the Spitfire from outside. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll go. You, the, you go
4: in the Spitfire. I'll go in the Hurricane.
6: <laughs> Lewisham uh, Eagle in the chat room, uh, wholeradio.net/slash/chat says I should uh, put a sickie. Uh, but, teachers um, don't do that, do they?
4: No,
6: no, we don't. They do get that.
3: enough holiday as it is.
6: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm 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 on the uh, last day of half term blues as it is actually.
3: I mean to to be honest, Nick, I mean you you, you could just go there and not, not care for the day, just be tired, mate. I mean I've done it's, that it's before. Just, it's just a
6: job to you teachers really, isn't it? I went in with a hangover for the first <laughs> time a couple of weeks ago. Never again. Thirty seven year olds. Not thirty seven year olds, but thirty comma <laughs> Yeah. I teach at an adult college for backwards <laughs> children. And uh,
4: proper backwards. Proper backwards.
6: Um, As opposed, got, to improper backward. Yes, thirty kids all ranting and raving at you. I, I really, I, I think teachers should be allowed to swear once a day.
3: Yeah, but if you are throwing up in the um, <laughs> in the classroom bin, then then, <laughs> then that does pose a pose a problem. Uh, yeah. I'm anyway. sure
5: the the caretaker would have a bucket of sawdust he could come in and and put over it. That's what they used to do at my school.
3: Did did your That's teachers good. regularly throw up in the bin?
5: We had a teacher run out of the class due to a nervous breakdown, but whether she vomited <laughs> in the hall on the way out, I'm not too sure. And you, were
3: you in that class? Yes.
4: Yeah, that I mean. kind of... Is that your sense. claim I to I was one of the better behaved ones. <laughs> but you still had a breakdown. But she a
3: fantastic did. liar as well.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when, we've had a look back at a couple of, a couple of the threads. Um, if you have any other threads you wanted to talk about... Palace-related, please, um, then do get in touch with the show. I mean, we gave out the details at the start of the show, and we'll do it again. So you can call us on 020-8123-1646, send us an email, radio at net, or you can tweet us, twitter.com forward slash whole radio, including your message at palace, uh, sorry, at homesdale radio, whole radio. Well, I've been doing too many radio shows this week.
6: Moonlighting, John, that's what it is, isn't it?
3: That's what this is Indeed. So, anyway, last Tuesday night we played Southampton in the Cup, and as we know, we won because we've drawn Man United into the, in, the next, in the quarter-final round. Um, Mark, do you want to take us through the line-up?
4: Yeah, it was, um, well, he's pretty consistent, isn't he, Doogie, with his, uh, with his, cup, with his uh, teams for the Cup games. Uh, back four was uh, Klein and Moxie fullbacks and McCarthy and Ramage were centre-halves weren't they and yep. then um, midfield Lewis,
3: Lewis Price in goal obviously
4: yeah mm-hmm. and uh, Par Ambrose, Dickard Choi, Williams and O'Keefe I think were midfield and Easter played the lone striker he did, he did quite well Easter didn't he really yeah I, mean, I thought he had a good game he um, he's probably one of his best games I think since he's been at the club
3: I mean, I'd say when like some of his performance early in the season, I thought it was a mixed bag. One game he could play really well, like he did in that Southampton game, and then the next time I saw him, I thought he was a little bit lazy. But it was certainly one of his uh, one of his better performances. I mean, Albert, you were there also. Um, What did you make of uh, Jermaine Easter playing up front alone? Because I was nervous about that going into the game, having Easter as a target man.
5: I really liked it because it sort of you know, it discourages. I mean, he's he's actually fantastic in the air, considering he's not the tallest of players. Um, but I think it it discourages us sort of lumping the ball up as as we might be sort of inclined to do if Murray was playing, which sort of ties in to the Reading game. But um, I thought he's great. His work rate is fantastic. It, and, uh, it was fantastic
3: yeah, in that yeah. in, on that occasion. I think he's I think he's got a point to prove. Uh, I mean, do you agree, Nick? Do you think he's pushing towards saying, you know, I'm doing a job here in the cup, maybe? maybe the league is where I should be starting.
6: Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to get in your first 11 for the league anyway, I don't know, that's, that's kind of the business end of, of what Palace are about, aren't they? Perhaps if it was the FA Cup, you know, it might be a little bit different. I mean, it's funny how the League Cup suddenly gains more importance the, f- the further in you go. You well, yeah, it's kind Leicester of... Fans, uh, sorry, Birmingham fans playing in Europe this year and being a championship team, you know, it must be quite surreal, really.
3: No, they're really messing me up when I look at the table as well because they're like two or three games behind everyone else. You're thinking, wow, Birmingham are rubbish this season. I mean, I know they've got sort of up higher up the table at the moment, but they were like three or four games behind everybody. And you're thinking, actually, if they won those games, they'd actually be above us right now. So it's um, that's been a bit of a distraction. But I don't know, the FA Cup thing, I think if these players are playing well in the League Cup, if you know we've had a good run, then surely they've got to put themselves into contention for the FA Cup when that comes along.
6: Yeah.
4: yeah. I think uh with Jermaine Easter I mean as the boys are saying he he uh worked really hard on on Tuesday night held the ball up really well I thought and his touch was good and uh he put that penalty away really well and I think he must be quite frustrated at you know he must be knocking on the door on you know Freeman's door and saying you know I think I deserve you know a place in the starting 11 so it'll be interesting to see how things pan out because he's going for a bit of a lean spell at the moment murray but uh an easter must be thinking well you know when am i going to get my uh you know when am i going to get my go especially when when doogie plays this sort of 451 formation where when we're, when we're defending we have five in midfield and then when we're going forward you know the it's almost the, wing, the wingers it. come in yeah the wingers come into play you know so it's um I think Easter will, uh, you know, I think he's going to get a, a chance sooner or later. I think he's, he deserves it anyway.
3: Yeah, I see, I quite like that formation. I'm I'm still not entirely sure it's the way to go at home. I know Southampton are a good team. They're on a high at the moment. They're sitting top of the league, and fair play to them for that. But, but Dougie must have known they were going to make wholesale changes, and they absolutely did, and they made 11 changes from the starting line-up. So it was a whole new team coming in. And I think... I'm not sure that that was necessary. I think it was a bit too defensive, almost. Yeah. I mean, I know we need to be resilient, and then it, I mean, the the tactics clearly paid off. But I was a, I was just a little bit nervous that we were a bit defensive on that one.
4: I think we are a bit negative at home, to be honest. And I think we, for the away games, uh, we certainly um, by playing that formation, it you know it's it's exciting to watch. But when teams come to us, obviously. When you're the home side, you've got to, you know, uh, sort of try and... You've you got know, to boss the game, bit,
3: haven't you, and push it,
4: push on. It, you're, on you know, you're under pressure to, to sort of go for it right from the start, whereas when you're away from home, you know, the pressure's not quite on. And and playing 4-5-1 at home does seem quite negative, but, you know, it's but it's having said that, the
3: players we put in it are very attacking players. I mean, the front four, as it were, of... Um, uh, Williams, uh, it Zaha, and Scandal, Murray. Zaha, Murray, all of that, that. I mean, on this occasion, we had Par and Ambrose and KG and Williams and Easter all bombing him forward. And I, th- I don't know. It just seems like there's not going to be that interaction between the holding midfielders, sort of like your O'Keefe's, your Jedinak's rights, and going forward. I mean, that's something I'm going to come on to a little bit later. But that, that, that's my worry, being at home, personally. But uh, w- was anyone else as nervous as I was when Jermaine Easter stepped up to take that penalty? Jermaine I, I
6: Easter? He might have been as nervous as you. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think he
3: was probably the one person in that stadium who wasn't as nervous as me. Because he put it away brilliantly. And he looked confident, and I thought this confidence, this could be, this could be misplaced right here. And I, I could barely watch it because I, I like having a regular penalty taker, Ambrose or Murray, taking the penalties. I, I always get very nervous when it's somebody else.
6: I it mean, it could have been Gareth Southgate. <laughs>
3: you know what? No, no it, it couldn't because he wasn't playing. That's my <laughs> answer to you.
6: I know, I know. I was very pleased, John, that you actually, you, you um. You the old football cliche of saying you're Jedinaks and you're O'Keefe's, pluralising the player's name. I could t- mm. t- tell you a true pro that, that works for a proper radio station and talks about football a lot more than Hambo, because Hambo would talk about players in the singular, not the plural. So, well done.
4: Well, <laughs> I, I have two responses to that. One is, you,
3: and two is it's completely misplaced. So there we are. It was also it was interesting
4: to see Pedrosa was on the bench. I didn't know he's. I didn't know he's still at the club. I, re-
3: I really <laughs> thought. I really thought he was going to get a run out. I mean, I'm not surprised we haven't seen him. I was surprised to see him on the bench again. So I didn't think we'd even see him making the bench, even in a cup game until after Christmas.
4: Would you I mean, recognise him there if you saw him walking down the street?
3: Uh, yeah, he's 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 got what I would declare as distinctive features.
6: <laughs> what, Mexican flag? <laughs> yeah, he wears he wears a massive sombrero everywhere.
4: <laughs> then, <laughs> but, um yeah, uh, we're Albert, to be him and a couple of mates and the three amigos, is it? That's I see. It. <laughs> they 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 hang around, Conchitas cheaters. They're like a little gang. It's brilliant.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, Albert, That's what did you've been working in a local Mexican restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly immor- uh,
3: Albert, what did you make bring us back to football please um, about the Williams um, setting up Ambrose for their goal
5: I thought it was a, t- a tidy cross um, I thought it was a great great pass from par I mean I know obviously the uh, Southampton I think it was their fullback sort of misjudged it and let it through but um no, it was a great ball in, but it was quite worrying seeing Ambrose almost barely celebrate it because like his leg had fallen off the way he was walking around. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of a worry.
3: Now, that that was the uh, the cloud of the silver lining of the goal, really, wasn't it? That Ambrose had to go off at that particular point, and he was replaced by uh, Mila Yedinac, wasn't he? Um, obviously, Zahar came on for Jonathan Parr later. Sorry. Yeah, he came oh, on for Jonathan Parr. That was guard- poetic. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Gardner came on for Williams late on, which uh, gave us a five-man defence, which was quite staggering. And that, I mean, I wouldn't say that's too defensive a play, would you?
4: I think um, Ambrose uh, d- does his best work through the middle, and he demonstrated that by by the goal. I think because that's where he came, you know, from a central position, and uh, he's all, he's stuck out on the wings, and he's just he's just it's just not working. So. You know, I quite like when he plays, he's, he's always in the right place. He reads the game well. And that's why I think, you know, playing him central is, is where, where we get the best out of him. But how you accommodate him in the team is difficult, I know.
3: Although you say that, right? I mean, this four-two-three-one, this three that sit behind the striker, they're very, very interchangeable. And you often see uh, Williams coming across to one side, or going back into the middle, or Ambrose on a the side. Then he's in the middle, but Ambrose always gets into good places, and um, he will keep scoring you goals with the kind of football that that, that creates, uh, and those kind of balls that Jonathan Williams put in. I mean, it was a absolutely quality cross I mean it's about four yards out nothing a keeper can do about it the defense don't want to touch it because they're going to rifle it into their own goal and Darren Ambrose is the kind of player who's going to get on the end of that and we don't have too many of those those kind of players I think we've got players like Scannel and Easter and Zaha who like doing it with with pace and Murray who's much more I don't know. I don't know how to class Maris as a striker because I don't see him as a target man, and I don't see he has one particular style of goal. He's a bit of an all-rounder, but Darren Ambrose's anticipation of the ball is 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 fabulous.
4: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying about him. Him, you know, he read he read that pass from Williams, and he scored from a central position, but he wouldn't normally be central because when when we normally set up with Scannel and Zaha on the you know on the wings are interchanging, he's usually got a wide position, isn't he? Somewhere along the lines.
3: Well, that's it. I mean, it was, uh, it was just, it, I, I, I like Darren Ambrose and yes, he can be really very frustrating. But having said that, when he gets a chance at goal, he'll more often than most players put it away. And I've got to say that that's the kind of player you want in your team. He doesn't offer that much defensively. He kind of what I call occupies a space. And he's a luxury he
4: player, isn't he? He's he is, but
3: he, he's, he's not going to be like one of those hard-hitting tacklers or someone that races back to a fullback. but he'll make them play round him and make mm. them play that extra pass, which is, I mean, sorry, completely off football here, but it's like in tennis, that analogy of making them play the extra shot the the more the more you make them play, the bigger chance there is of them making a mistake. So I mean, he he does a job. He's not got blistering pace, but in terms of quality, as long as he's got that going for him, then that's something a team can't be without. Mm, I agree. So, so Nick, but what I, did you I, think? Of do, the, yeah,
4: we're, go we're
3: gonna go we're gonna go off Ambrose now. I've, I'm finished. I was going to say, what do you reckon
4: about Zaha's five minute cameo? It was and. He's just too good for you, being sung by the Palace fans. To Well, that, that, was, that was just a highlight, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> <really>? <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? He's and, and,
3: and it was true, because they were getting very, very angry with him. And I could almost <laughs> feel him smiling at them as he did it. It was and almost just, like Doogie
4: put him on just to take the pee, didn't he, really? Because... <laughs> You he, know, he, he there was it. no reason for him to come on. Five minutes to go, we're 2-0 up, he brings on Zaha and he just takes uh, Mickey out of their fullback. Just but what a better game.
3: player? If you want them to go and run it into a corner and hold it there, what better player than will Zaha? Because if you mm. mistime that challenge, he's going over and it's going to look ridiculous and you're going to get yellow carded.
6: Mm. Who did the, the very good computer image of Zaha on the homestyle? They, they were obviously bored and there was a great picture done in something like Microsoft Paint. On one of the freights, it was a fantastic picture of um, just Southampton players lying on the floor and Wilf absolutely um, taking oh, the Mickey yeah. out of them. It was a fantastic, fantastic bit of art. I think one of my seven-year-olds at school couldn't have done better, really. But I, I haven't seen that, that. But,
3: but I, I must now find it. Obviously, not right this second. But yeah, was on a like to... <laughs> hmm. hmm. Well, it was like a combined um. Then, um, so Nick, what did you think of the atmosphere on on the evening?
6: of Southampton, well, I wasn't actually there, so um, it was quite, oh, uh, well. the acoustics were good in my bathroom, because I like to listen to the <laughs> <Alice laughs> in the you, bath. You, um, shut up now. <laughs> can I ask you how, um, how Danny Butterfield, what, what sort of reception he got at the game?
4: I Very good.
3: Was, I thought he was a bit ignored, to be honest. I think everyone was so down in the dumps that Jose Fonte wasn't there. I mean, th- everyone knew that Butterfield was there, and when he was named in the team, everyone was like, always in the team and I said well it's okay as long as he's not playing up front for them because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a defence um anywhere in English football or world football that could uh, could overcome the Danny Butterfield strike sensation that he is so there's your answer to that one um Albert what did you think of the atmosphere
5: I was a bit subdued but you know it was a Jeff and Carl Tuesday night so um yeah, it yeah was I think they were a good number
3: with them, didn't they? They bought a couple of thousand.
5: Yeah, they, I thought it was a good turnout from them, but uh, you know, when you are top of the league and on a bit of a run, you know, <clears throat> you might make that extra trip that you wouldn't normally do, especially with the um, the likelihood of getting a big a big draw in the next round. You know,
3: mm, I, ju- I just have to think. Like, I mean, it's something we spoke about um, the other day with someone, and they said, "Oh, it's because Southampton are flying high," but in a League Cup match. Does it really make that much difference if you're flying high? I don't think we'd have taken that many to anywhere um, in our league for a League Cup match. I mean, what do you think about that, Albert?
5: Yeah, I, yeah I, I think you're right there, to be honest. That's what I'd say.
3: Yeah, well, I think it was something like eleven or 12,000 there, and it's been a little bit better than the other rounds we've had so far. So I was quite, I was quite pleased on that front. And obviously... The win made it all the better because we got like 30 quid a- ahead of those Southampton fans. So that was lovely. Is that what they had to pay? Probably. I'm just, I have no idea to be honest.
4: No, nah, it was It was reduced. It wasn't that much.
3: Was it? Was it £29? <laughs> <50. laughs>
4: £29.99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you reckon? Who is your man of the match then, guys? Albert. Obviously, you're not my man of the match, but... <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> oh, were you playing? <laughs> yes. were yeah, I was who uh, was the man of the match? I'd say He is
3: Antonio Pedroza
5: <laughs> I I was quite impressed with I think Williams just edged it and it was nice to see him win a penalty that involved getting you know touched. So he uh, yeah, set one yeah, controversial. <laughs> he set one up and he won a penalty, you know. So say controversial
3: not really, um, Nick? <laughs> Nick, you're man of the match
6: against Southampton I, um,
4: yeah, I guess get, with just, it. get with it,
6: mate <laughs> from the, sorry i've I've just been cut off the call, just rejoined um listening to the commentary, um it sounded like um Williams
3: Williams, mark,
4: yeah, I'd agree, but I'd like to say. Uh, give a special mention to a couple of other players who I thought had great games and that's Stuart O'Keefe not, you, oh, you and Lewis my, Price my ma- can't Lewis
3: believe
4: he man of the match and uh, Paddy had a great game at centre half so I thought Williams were, was probably man of the match he edged it but those three Paddy, Stuart O'Keefe well and Lewis Price had great games and, and Easter had a good game yeah But uh, Stuart O'Keefe particularly, yeah, I was impressed by him. Yeah, well, he... he I've stolen your thunder.
3: You have stolen my thunder. He was my vote from out of the match because I'm just... To be honest, I think I'm just really impressed with Stuart O'Keefe. He gets no headlines. And to be honest, he does a really unglamorous job in the centre midfield there and he does it very effectively and very maturely for a player of his age. I think he's only, what, about 20 or something. Um, If that, And we've got two players in him and Marrow who are both young and can both do this role really, really well. And that bodes well for the future if we can keep hold of those two. Obviously, we've only really just signed a pair of them. So there should be a good few years to come and they'll be certainly given the likes of Jed and Ak and Riot and KG run for their money in the centre of the park over the next 12 to 18 months.
4: It'll be interesting to see whether Doogie picks them because for the home games... We're almost sort of setting up the way we are away from home. He only made one change on Saturday to uh, the team that um, he put out against Ipswich the previous week. And, you know, I just find that we are a little bit defensive. But if you have people like O'Keefe and Marrow, you've got more attacking midfield players rather than KG, Wright, and. uh, Complete. Shut down.
5: Craig Harrison, another one.
4: <laughs> I've just well, had yeah. a break. I've just had a breakdown. i just had a break. No, with, with um uh Williams or Ambrose, depending who's playing, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, would you uh,
3: would would you guys think we'll keep the same team for Man United,
4: or do you think we'll need
3: to put out a first team if we want to progress? Chance of progressing to the semi-finals because obviously no matter who we put out this is going to be a a tough game against a Man United reserve team.
6: I think um, we should um, it's it's a difficult one because we should uh, perhaps keep the same team because they're the ones that have got us this far Um, but on the other hand I don't want Man United seeing our brilliant players and um, then try and snap them off us.
3: Well, yeah, it's kind of a catch 22, really, isn't it? But I don't know. All I know is that I'm glad that I haven't got Dougie's job as much as I profess to know all about his job all of the time because I'm I'm right on everything that comes to Crystal Palace. But maybe you guys want to, uh, the listeners, want to phone in and tell us about whether you think we should keep the same team for the cup and you can do that on 020 8123 1646 and that's charged at a local rate and will come out of your bundle if you haven't got uh, a phone for some reason you live in a cave and but you do have email you can email us radio at net. or Albert you've turned into a machine
6: it's always Albert isn't it um, I just can love Doctor Who.
5: Really, <laughs> i tell
3: you what, right? he really, really loves his Doctor Who. Um, yeah, so if not, then you can tweet us at Whole Radio, and that's on twitter.com forward slash Whole Radio. Or maybe you'd just like to go and have a chat about it with some other Palace fans. Um, sounds like one of those dodgy adverts, isn't it? You can go to wholeradio.net forward slash chat for the chat room.
6: Uh, talking to the chat room, John, a um, few people are saying, dweebs saying don't change a winning team. But he also goes on to say that the team does seem quite interchangeable anyway. Um, Russ UK agrees with Dweeb. Um, and a couple have said uh, that Parr was their man in the match against Southampton.
3: Thanks, Lizzie. I mean, Nick. That's fantastic. <laughs> what
6: Lizzie, he Green? call me then? Lizzie Green All right, Yeah. Sorry, good. yes.
4: <laughs> I'm better looking. That quality show on telly, yeah. That quality football highlight show. I miss Lizzie. Yeah.
3: I miss Lizzie because I don't watch the Football League show. Was <laughs> that was hilarious when <laughs>
6: she read out that um, clowns thing, wasn't it? Oh, I, I watched that yeah. back again <laughs> on
3: YouTube the other day. Absolutely gold that was, wasn't it? Poor old Dizzy Greenviews. <laughs> Who would do that to a fellow Palace fan? I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed and slightly impressed all at the same time.
4: We should get her on the show and ask her about it, shouldn't we?
3: That's not, that's not a bad idea, actually. A Mikey, idea. Mikey yeah. please, please take note of that.
4: Yeah, Mikey, wake up. We we do
3: need to, we do need someone to read our texts and emails out actually.
6: I um, could be like Keely on Palace Radio. You are nothing
3: <laughs> like Keeley on Palace Radio,
4: that is for sure. Is she good looking? Um,
3: I'm, I'm I'm going to leave this particular conversation there for reasons that are only been professional. known.
4: Professional. Oh, professional ones.
3: Hmm. Something like that, Mark. Yes. Have you got a
4: picture you could post <laughs> on Ho Oliver?
0: <laughs> um,
3: I'm, I'm not going to talk about that anymore, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, so do call us 0208-231646. We do really appreciate all you guys who are in the chat room. You're in there every week. And, you know, we we love the feedback we get from you guys during the show, mostly. Serial thriller, you're a bit strange. But hey-ho. And so is your family.
6: So, you He's just it's commented completely. that you're just a shh, Chris Hamble. <laughs> I, I, I um, bleeped out the words there. Oh, well, no, that was Lewisham, actually. Sorry, not not cereal.
3: All I can say is that that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So yeah, thanks but, for um, me um, hearing.
6: Hambo, Hambo has never complimented us like this, says Lewisham. Don't ever go again, John. You're so much better than him. Uh, <laughs> Slur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guy. <It's> <laughs> woman
3: this guy, who? because um, i mean he's just chopping and changing his uh, uh i'm gonna leave that there before i dig myself to a massive hole um anyway we then had reading on saturday and the starting lineup there was speroni Klein, McCarthy, Gardner and Moxie at the back, our regular back four. Uh, Wright and Judd Nack back in the centre of midfield and we played just 3-1 formation going forward again with Zaha, Scannell, Williams and M Murray up front by himself. Nick, you were at this one.
6: I was. I was. What did and you, what I watched did you make- all the game. I watched did the you- whole game. Um, it, was, it was weird because we were kind of on top for bits and they were on top for bits and both teams could have won but it was a fair result in the end. Um, it's, it's hard, you're saying always playing defensively, playing defensively, but we're unbeaten in seven and we haven't let a goal in for 450 minutes. You know? and I think I'll Dougie see, looked I'll at each game, Don Revy-esque in the fact that he, he takes each game as it comes, and there's, there I come in with the clichés, um, and he knew that Reading would be a dangerous dangerous side. My, my Reading supporting friend who I went with yesterday said um, that it takes Reading a few games to get into it. Um, into the season before they start gelling and yeah, he they picked up like now.
3: They picked up like two wins off the bat and then I think they lost four consecutively, didn't they? But Reading have been a good team um for, since that point. They've really put a good run together. I think they're unbeaten in like seven or something. Something yeah. bizarre like that. And I mean they've they drew with Southampton, which is one of Southampton's only matches where they haven't got a win this season. Um, and they were not one to be underestimated. And it could have been one where the players looked and said, oh, they're down in 15th or whatever, you know, we're, we're third, we'll just play our game. But Reading deserved a little bit more respect than that. And I'm not, I'm not sure that actually they got it, to be quite honest.
6: They were playoffs last year. You know, they nearly went up.
3: I know, but they've they've lost a couple of players, didn't they? And there's not been there's not been the same sort of uh, snowball effect with Reading this season, as there? Probably because of their start to their season, but I just I don't know. I was just really worried that we were going to underestimate them, and I think in a way the players did. I I would never say Dougie wouldn't because he spends a lot of time looking at other, how other teams play and, you know, much further than they're in 15th, they're a 15th ranked team. I think Redding will be up there around the playoffs again this season because they've got a a number of good players. When you look and they're looking, they're bringing players like Jimmy Kebe off the bench, for instance, who ripped us apart towards the end of last season. uh, last Season's game up at Sellers Park. And you've got to realise that they are a strong team.
6: And to be perfectly honest, we haven't been playing that brilliantly, and we're still getting results. So once, once we start to turn it on a bit, you know, maybe we'll be, you, you were saying that we shouldn't view a team as, old they're 15th. We're, I think we're quite, I don't know whether we're a third place team yet. We're just, we're, we're doing well, but we're, we haven't shown the quality that I know we're, we're capable of in Especially the last two or lie three games. The table lie. <laughs> well, you say the table doesn't
3: lie. Please, yeah.
4: shame.
6: It, it, yeah, it, my turn for cliche.
3: It, it, it does kind of lie a little bit, especially when we were in administration, but that's a long time ago now. I, I'm certainly over that. I'm not emotionally attached to that period at all. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Palace has shown the third place quality uh, a number of times, but it's consistency. I think if you're going to be a consistent at that quality, we'd be at the top of the table. But you find the teams that come in second, third, fourth and around the playoffs, they're effective at not playing consistently well every week and getting points out of a game, whether it be wins or draws and just avoiding defeat. And I think that's kind of the way Dougie's got us playing, that he sets us up in such a manner that even when we're not playing well, we're still got a very good chance of nicking the game or holding out for a draw and yeah he's defensive but look at the look at our record over you know in 2011 at home i mean that 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 doesn't lie and it speaks for itself
6: it was just the scummy game that was the blip really and and forest wasn't it at the end of last season
3: Mm. but scumdorpe are a team that Regularly you've beaten us And I'm glad they're down in League 1 now Because that's, that's one loss not we're not going to have to contend with This season um, And Nottingham Forest, well they were they were on a bit of a roll Last season weren't they really
6: Yeah, I agree um, There were two, two disallowed goals And, and a possible penalty I, I kind of side onto the penalty their, uh, A couple of their defenders were in the way Were you behind the goal for that? Did you, how did it look to you? I've got to say penalty I was shell?
3: I was sitting in the director's box, right? Oh, right. And I had no view of the penalty. I was Obviously, the goal. obviously, I I cheered for it and asked for it as like I'd been two foot away from the thing, but I had no I had no real idea from where I from where I was sitting, it looked like a penalty, but Pa was blocking Federici's hands. I had no I had no clue. I mean, what what was your view on it, Mark?
4: Uh, I thought it was a stonewaller. but I there was an interest in. Um, uh clip on HOL someone put up of they'd taken uh, it on their mobile phone I think mm. and they'd slowed it down and I have to say I did look back and I I suppose there was a very small element of doubt and, and and if that is the case, then obviously he can't give it. But at the time, it just looked an absolute stone waller. But when you do see it slow down, you you wonder whether Federici actually got his hand to the ball. But the thing is, he took Murray out, uh, took um, Parr out as well. So it's kind of. But I two think rules of scum. You, you 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 can win the ball, but you've got to win it fairly. So did he win it fairly? Because he took well, the ball was
3: the ball was coming out. At the ball was coming at him so he clearly got the ball first right his momentum's taking him into par if if he did get the ball so if if he's got the ball definitely not a penalty whether he's taken par out or not because if he'd come from like from and got the back of par's legs right for some bizarre reason then yes he's got the ball but he's gone through the player he's got the ball and then gone through the player i think that's where the fine line i
5: think the way you gotta look at it is it's a it's a 50-50 challenge that involves the goalie and the goalie is allowed to use his hands and he, you know, he got the ball first so if that was a penalty given against us I'd have felt hard done by to be honest
6: yeah although,
3: we know Julian would have got there with about five seconds to spare though so, so yeah. that's, that's not really an issue <laughs> um,
6: it was interesting uh, it was Ox and I Eagle mean, who put the you know, it,
3: it was indeed it, Ox it, and Eagle so thank you very good, much yeah. to, Ox, to Ox and Eagle for that
6: but
4: um, it was uh, it was one of those, like, people say, another cliche, things balance themselves out over the season. And, yeah. Um, and we, you know, Williams definitely dived against Bristol City, but we got that one. And this one may have been a penalty. I thought it was a penalty at the time, and we didn't get it. So, mm, six yeah. or one a half dozen of the other, you know they what I say, mean? At real pace, we, some, we, lose some.
3: we're sitting there debating over... Um, over slow mo replays, the referee's just got to make that that decision. If he thinks the keeper's got the ball, he just has to go with that. I mean, from where talking
4: of refs, it was.
3: Uh, it was. A, I yeah, think it was a very good decision in a poor performance from the referees that day.
4: Oh, I've got to say the classic one, another highlight stroke low light of the game was the assistant referee, I know whatever you want to call him on the left hand side if you're in the homestead, yeah. How many times did the ball go out of play? Well that's and the thing he, he didn't he, even give it and I was fifty yards away and I could see I could see green between the ball and the and the whitewash. And I was fifty yards away and he's standing next to the blooming player and he's and he, he can't even see it. it's gone out of play. I
6: there said, was yeah. one incident where it didn't there was one incident where the Holmesdale did shout that it had gone out and it was quite near me and it hadn't, the whole of the ball hadn't crossed the line. But, you know, maybe but it's was my think eyesight. There was, there was two definite ones that he missed
3: and a couple of, yeah, like, yeah. See, I always question it. When I think a ball's gone out and it's going to benefit us and he says it hasn't or something, then I always question whether I'm looking at it through roast tinted glasses because maybe I'm seeing what I want to see.
5: One thing that that line I definitely did get wrong: the challenge on Klein, which I thought was, I was in again, I was dead in line with that touch line, and um, th- that it was Zaha. Was quite, No, it was Klein, I think. I can't really. Yeah, it was Klein or Zaha, but it was it was sort of shin height and quite nasty. No, in fact, it was Klein because he got up and had a little bit of a. Um... Yeah, oh,
3: yeah, I remember yeah. when you were talking about it was Klein. There was a, there was a few nasty tackles flying around in that game, really, wasn't there? I think Reddin. And consider themselves redi- relatively lucky to have had 11 men on the field by the end of it because there were some nasty tackles. There was one on Zaha, I think, right on the wing where he kicked him almost in the stomach. And it was just, oh, uh, you've seen red cards given well, to think yeah. that if you look at like Nemanja Vidic when he got his red card, you know, that you
4: know, did tell you that that cynical tackle that Mills did that tackle on Zaha, and you know, so they they are a very big physical team, Reading, and they came down. To sellhurst, and they were well organised, well drilled, and physically strong side. And they, uh, to me, they would identified Wilf as as the danger man. And I think Mills deliberately went out to to upset par uh, to upset Zaha by by really saying, "Welcome to the championship," or "Welcome, this is Reading." And I think uh, Zaha kind of after having a good start to the game. He then got needlessly booked. Then he started having little bitchy arguments with some of the Reading players just prior to half-time. And I thought the next thing, he's going to get himself sent off if he doesn't shut up. And uh, uh, I was actually quite surprised that Dooley didn't actually take him off because he seemed like really wound up. And then second half, he just didn't appear, did he? He was just non-existent. And I think he could have come off earlier and we we could have brought Parr on. What Parr did in 10 minutes, Zaha did nothing in in the the second half. In the preceding 35, yeah. Yeah, and saying, I'm just saying, um, I think no. That what I'm just saying is, is quite simply that, that they identified Zaha, they made sure that they absolutely caned him, and then he didn't want to know because he's only young and he thinks that mm. like, you know I don't, and he he's got to accept that you know they double banked, banked on him second half, so there was always two on him and he wasn't getting any joy and he just looked almost disinterested he didn't want to get involved in any more you know um verbals of everyone he didn't want to get to into any two sort of like 50 50 tackles with everyone and i think mills took the stuffing out of him and that affected his game and i think he's going to have to put up with quite a lot of that in the near future because the more quality exposure he gets about how fantastic zahar is and all these clubs looking at him. People are just going to identify him as a man to 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 you know. If you shut Zahar up, you shut Palace up, kind of type thing. And uh, and I think he was targeted. And that I thought it was a really cynical bad foul. Thing is, usually and, I'm I'm uh, I'm,
3: ha- I'm happy for other teams to double bank on Zaha because it does open up space elsewhere. And nine times out of ten, we've got the quality to break down. That uh, a defence that's got two players on on Wilf with with the rest of the team. I think my one abiding memory from the whole match is is um, Sean Scannell's first touch was appalling on
4: Saturday. It just Glenn, yeah, Glen Murray's wasn't good either.
3: It wasn't. We yeah. just I, I, there was no cutting edge about us. It wasn't. It wasn't. You just, think, they're wasn't tired, polished
4: performance. think they're tired? The players. we <laughs> have been playing two games a week for since the season started. I mean. Maybe they are a bit knackered, I don't know. No, it because... Looked a bit lethargic. It looked a bit lethargic, though, didn't it, the performance?
3: It it did a bit, and I think, I think much of that is due to Reading. They're, say, a physical team, and that maybe doesn't quite suit Palace. I don't know. They uh, they like to pass ball around other teams, and they just were, they were getting quite quite well shut off. I, I think it was just one of those games where it just didn't click, just didn't go right. But to be honest, if we come out of a game like that with a point against a good team in Reading... Um, you've got to hold your hands up and say, well, we didn't concede. And, um, yeah. you know, the unbeaten run continues. Yeah, Did Ad not
4: boy think, though, just the, uh, on that? You
6: go on. Sorry, Adboy in the uh, chat room. I can't remember the address of the chat room. I'm sure John will read that out in a minute. Said uh, the players were nervous at playing in front of 21,000 people. I'm not sure I agree with that, Ad Boy. But, um, yeah. Does anyone think else think
4: that, that, that the tackle on Zaha kind of, like ended the game for Zaha for him, you know, he
6: kind of I liked... thought him getting booked ended the game for Zaha, and I think Dougie should have pulled him off for now, for now at half-time. Because
4: oh what, what I don't understand is if, if you get the
6: full-back booked and you're someone
4: as talented and as skillful as Will Zaha, then once you've got him booked, then the bloke can't touch you. The next time he fouls you, he's off. So he should have used that to his advantage. And, and i would taken, taken Mills on and taken him on and made, drawn the foul and drawn the foul and kept... And Mills would have had to either just... Make sure his tackles were spot on or just let Zaha go. And that's the thing about Zaha. He, you know, he gets everyone to, to fall around all over him or trip him up or he gets past them, whatever, draws the foul, they get booked, and then that's, that's his light to, to destroy the bloke because they can't, you know, they can't do anything, you know, and they've got a, they're, they're on a card and that's his opportunity. But he, he just, it just didn't happen the second half. And I, I and don't I- know. Doogie should have taken him off a lot earlier, I think. I think he lost so. His track, didn't he?
3: I think that when when Zaha starts getting frustrated, the edge goes from his game. If he knows that he's really got the the beating of someone, he's he's unplayable, because he will raise his game. The confidence he has at that point is is quite staggering and he's got skill to go with it but he has he has to be in that mindset if he's not in that mindset then i think he he can get a bit frustrated and that's when we see things like him uh, lash out at other players you know like, like he did away to portsmouth last season he got a bit hacked down he was a bit hacked off and then he hacked at the player so um you know i, I agree i think he should, i think he should have come off early and it'd been better off saving him for tuesday to be honest
4: mm-hmm. Uh, oh well we, What's done is done But you know It was uh, it was uh, Sort of Another side to his game But he's only a kid And he's still So he's got a lot to learn still But
6: Serial uh, thinks we should Rest him on Tuesday Put him on the bench
4: Yeah well I think yeah, he's. I mean for <laughs> a young lad He's been playing twice a week Hasn't he More or less yeah. Mostly yeah Since the start, start of The season So I don't know But uh, It's he definitely played a five chance us On Tuesday yeah, but I mean, he's pretty much been in every everything, hasn't he, this season?
6: Yeah, Is I mean, else about the match, John, because I know we need to move on a bit.
3: We we are going to. I was was just going to wrap up this sort of match discussion by saying that I, th- I think it was a good point. Um, if we did we didn't play particularly well, and um, to be honest, we'll probably play that badly again. Other points in this season, I hope we get sort of similar results. So, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, and on to Portsmouth. So we're going to have a look at some of your emails and tweets. Uh, Nick, do you want to take the first one?
6: Uh, the first one is from Colin. Colin. Just mm-hmm. wanted to say thanks again, Hambo, for all the work you've done on homestyle Radio. We're really going to miss you now for the rest. No, um, <laughs> thanks again, Hambo. Took my lad in the palace shirt. His buddy and his dad just sat at his match, met Hambo at the White Horse. thought he'd be taller, but all in all enjoyed today. Hambo got me a great deal for tickets, hope to meet some more holders soon. Parr was a good investment, think he should be starting more often. Some of the youngsters, Zaha uh, Scandal, could be very influential as subs coming on. Murray, question mark, still on the fence, but with some support may come good. Good luck with the show, guys. Yeah, I agree, yeah. There's I, a really
3: I... good point in there from Colin about coming off the bench. And I mean we used only two substitutes against Reading and Jermaine Easter wasn't one of them, was he? No. So but I did look at our bench and think where is the impact? You got yeah, a lot yeah. of people you got a lot of players who are consistent starters there, but we didn't have a lot of impact like we do when we bring Zahar or Scanner or Williams off the bench, because they're all starting. And they didn't have, they didn't run at tired legs like we know they can. So that's a really that's a really good email, Colin. And as for Hamburg being tall, I mean, how tall do you want him to
4: be? He's, he's eleven foot as it is, I mean. I think they also on that email I'd just like to say, John, that um, that the service to Murray is really poor and you know, it's the final ball is just uh, I find it really frustrating watching and he must be a really frustrated striker because he, he works hard to get into positions and and the delivery was is is really poor and did you notice at the weekend because ambrose wasn't playing and garvin obviously isn't playing or not he's not fit yet williams Mm. took over the set piece duties and he (laughs) took he took a lot of the set pieces and and no disrespect to johnny williams but they weren't great they, they? they, they weren't good and for all the good Things, that's not really what he should be doing. I don't know why someone like Yedinak wasn't taking set pieces, but there wasn't really anyone on there who who was stepping up to the plate. And and why John Williams is doing, I yeah, but it was, it was it was. I think you know Yedinak had the header cleared off the line. I think that was when Ambrose came on. He took either a core, it was either a cross or a corner. I can't remember. Yep. And it was it was Ambrose's delivery that enabled Yedenak to get the header on goal that was cleared off the line. Yep. But prior to that had not been a decent cross or match into the box. And for a striker like Murray, who who's playing on his own up front with no partner, you know, it must be so frustrating. And I don't know what the answer to it is. but I thought Scannell you know, should have
5: been further up the pitch alongside him rather than sort of out wide.
4: Yeah. The trouble is he, dr- he drifts in and then Moxie is just exposed, isn't he, on the, mm. uh, on the left-hand side. Because what I like about when you play par is par sticks and Power and Moxie are like a double act, and they're both left-footed players playing on the left-hand side. Scannell is right-footed, so he's always likely to cut in, and when he cuts in, Moxie's is just, like, totally exposed, and he'll, he's often got two two players coming at him, and he's mm-hmm. got to, like, pick, you know, which way to go, and, and yeah. it, makes him, it makes him look a poor defender. When he's not a poor defender, he just gets no cover, and uh, that's why I like seeing power play in front of Scannell, but obviously, you know each to their own but that's the way mm. I look at it but you, you got you know you know it's trying to fit everyone in to you know 11 places you know, but it's, it's
3: competition for places and that's what we love yeah. anyway so thanks for that email Colin we got a tweet in from Mickey t- underscore T74 who says can you give a shout out to at Cheryl Lloyd one fab um, she has made the nice offer to Brighty if uh, we stuff Man United. I'm not going to read you the exact offer, but it involved fellatio. And is that's as that, much as I'm going
4: to say. You sort of on. said it, really, haven't you? <laughs> I wasn't going to read it verbatim. Is that you, the
3: Cheryl Lloyd from X-Factor? Possibly.
4: Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we we'll anyway, uh, on the show, then.
3: <laughs> Albert, do you want to take the next one? No,
5: but I will. Um... This was apparently sent to Palace Radio, but it's been forwarded on to us. Very kind.
3: That's because I gave out the wrong contact details earlier. Thanks for that.
6: (laughs) Um, (laughs) We noticed. Not.
5: (laughs) And they come in with um, a bold statement. I'm not too sure what it means. It says, Hambo sounds different, more manly. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes on to say, uh, what do the presenters think of Jedinak's performance on Saturday? I thought him and Wright were quality. Also, Klein played a blinder. I thought, oh yeah, he was my man of match. Uh, he always showed the left winger on the outside. Not once did he let him come inside him on his stronger foot. I'd love to see Murray up front with Scannel. Murray can drop deep and play through balls to Scannel. I'd love to see Scanners get on the end of Murray's balls and <laughs> use his pace in areas that will hurt the opposition. And that's from... A name that is Hayward Jablow. Me,
3: <laughs> thanks for that. Hayward, something,
4: yeah. I think uh, Murray definitely could do us some help, <laughs> 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 a yeah. A bit no, of a lonely the, job at the moment, isn't it?
3: Client, Client <laughs> was good, and he was as good as he always is, so uh, yeah. Thanks for that one, and Mark, if you want to take the final email in this segment don't know which is the final one. Um, it's from Graham Burt in Harlow. Uh, I haven't got
6: it. I've got this rather disturbing He's a regular thing. contributor. Shall I read that out? Let's, yeah, face go on, it. Nick. Let's face it. If Man United are going to put out the lives of Owen and Berbatov, which given our rock-like back four, we can cope with standing on our head. More seriously, I think Dougie will take a pragmatic view if we're still flying high in the championship and I think he'll continue to put out a second-string line-up. Either way, it will be good enough to win in 90 minutes. It's a long journey home, unless you go by Jumbo Jet, so we can afford to do without extra time penalties. Yesterday was a bit disappointing. Uh, on the positive side, we didn't lose, and given Reading scored a perfectly good goal at the death, maybe our luck is starting to change. Let's face it, if we can't perform at 100% week in, week out, an 80% performance gets us a point, I and mean, we shouldn't be too upset, let's face it, that's exactly the sort of game we sh- would have lost in the past couple of seasons. Anyway, Portsmouth's victory gives us a great opportunity to get three points and maintain our an no position at least for another week. Thank you, whoever was editing that. As I was speaking, I managed to. Um, miss yeah, out, there, was, there was there were some but, awful yeah. things
3: happening to your email, Graham, and I do apologise <laughs> for that. But thank you so much. You always contribute um, here on Homestyle Radio, and obviously I know you from uh, you contribute to the the phone in on Palace Radio as well. So thanks very much for that. Okay. How's it going in the chat room on the, uh, uh, the nick on wholeradio.net/ Just
6: want to say the serial thriller when with the uh, Gareth Southgate versus Steve Parrish is on the th- Thursday is it or is it on the Monday I can't remember now it's so long ago he mentioned it. He just hopes it's not next Sunday as he can't listen to it
4: wasn't it the seventh or something? It's it? going to be on
3: Tuesday. Tuesday the seventh. We're going to have the uh, the EP. Monday the seventh. P, 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 whatever. On, Monday the seventh. Whatever. Shut your face. Um, <laughs> we'll anyway, the right. the seventh. It's definitely the seventh, right? Just remember the seventh. Never mind the fifth. The seventh, right? Remember,
5: remember the seventh of November.
3: Quite right, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be on the seventh, and we're going to have Gareth Southgate, and um, who's obviously been, I'd imagine, been quite instrumental in this new EPPP rule, coming in for a chat on Holmesdale Radio, along with a certain Mr. Steve Parish. So that's, I mean, I, I literally when I when I found out about this this interview and this show, I was just absolutely, I was positively cockahoot lads.
6: Right. Judas Southgater, according to Dweeb. We should call him now. Judas <laughs> <laughs>
3: Southgater. Well, I wonder uh, what reception he'll get on Homesdale Radio.
4: Uh, say what he has Perf- to say, Perfect, because it's
3: online, <laughs> that's what.
6: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, guys, so obviously we've got on Tuesday night, we're going to have yet another match. I just can't believe how many we've got at the moment. Um, but, and we're going to be entertaining Portsmouth at home. So, Mark, what what do you think on, on that one?
4: Well, well, <laughs> I think that it's got to be a home win without a doubt because I had a look at the stats before we came on air, and you sound the, the mad Scott... at <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Pompey, their home form is pretty good, right? But away from home, they've got the worst away record in the championship. Played seven, won none, drawn two, lost five.
3: Do, do you know that? That's actually really interesting because I looked at the stats before the Reading game because I'm also Sam Allardyce, and because mm. uh, he sad, loves sad, sad um, Allardyce. Yeah. yeah, he loves his stats. But Reading, their home form has been atrocious this season, and their away form fantastic. So. Um,
4: Hmm. They're on well, a run of five straight away defeats Portsmouth so if we don't bury them. That's an away win then. Same on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a kiss of death, isn't it? Well, let's <laughs> let's hope yeah.
3: we make them six to their stomachs then. <laughs>
4: well, yeah, well players they've got, I mean, uh, they've got no manager for a start at the moment, so that helps. Um, they've got first team coaches Guy Whittingham and Stuart Gray I think in charge. Um, yeah, they do indeed. Up still the front, they've the uh, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be in the cherry trees. Oh. What was last season. Making uh, everybody
5: think it's time at the bar, even though it's only <laughs> seven o'clock.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they um, yeah, they lost three-one on Saturday to Derby, and uh,
3: Derby have been alright though this season. In fairness to them, yeah, they, they're having a good season. Well,
4: they are. Uh, players to look out for: what they've got. Ex-Palace. Uh, uh, Hayden Mullins in midfield haven't they Um, long lost Hayden Hayden Mullins yeah Hayden who and then um, Dave Norris not bad little player it's Klimafips rich man and up front they've got uh, two or three Varney Kitson and Jamie Ward so nothing Uh, uh, amazing Varney's for her no, I don't think so Because he's got
3: to be he, pushing 60 now hasn't he He, he is still <laughs> there He, he really, he genuinely is still there And yes he is pushing 65 actually I think But no one actually knows that
6: So yeah, anyway The only Nick, thing I hope for on Tuesday is that The people on the turnstile Get that bloke with that sodding bell On the way in because that's the thing I hate about Portsmouth is that sodding bloody bell Going on all the way through The game I keep thinking it's playtime You know what I mean it's, hmm
3: that's, that's, quite, that's quite a rant up there over
6: the um that fell and it bell. reminds me of when we were winning how many seasons ago when uh paul merson was playing for them and uh we were tuning it up and got beat 3-2 how long ago was yeah, that
5: 2001 or something i think that was was it it, it was quite wow. a long time ago friedman scored one of the greatest goals i've ever seen at Sellers park that day
6: yeah. Um, serial thriller, uh interesting comment in the chat room, nothing to do with Portsmouth, but he's, he's just noticed that with no Hambo in the chat room, there aren't any girls in there tonight.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
4: the chick magnet, eh?
6: Yeah. Maybe that's where he's gone, to Hammersmith.
3: I think Hambo may have a few extra profiles on the homes now, given his moderator status. Yeah, uh, I think it's all a conspiracy, to be honest. Um, Albert, I mean, from from the game on Saturday, would you change the starting lineup at all for this uh, game on Tuesday?
5: I would definitely change the formation uh, lineup. I would. Yeah, I'd like to see Scanlon further up the field, and I think give Easter a go. Give Easter and Scanlon. I go in the league up front you know Murray can always come on if if it's not working and yeah I just i, I well, just what about the
3: midfield though because I mean obviously we had a great midfield away at Ipswich didn't we um with KG Jednak and Wright all playing as like a holding three and that 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 seemed to work very well I mean and then we've gone back to this um I think away teams. from
5: home, I'd be in, you know I'd be interested in seeing that at home. Like you say, they've got a terrible, <clears throat> terrible uh, away record. So I think we, we you know we should concentrate on our game and who we want to put out you know, our best eleven. And you know, hope, you know I'd like to see a three-one. I think we can. Um, that's certainly not a unreasonable ask. Well, I'd like right. to see
3: another clean sheet, to be honest, but. Cause I, th- I think the longer we can keep this little roll of clean sheets going, the better to be quite honest, um, anyway, so mark any thoughts about tuesday 's game
4: i'd like to i thought Pa I was really impressed with Pa just a ten minute cameo performance on Saturday, mm. and I was impressed with him at ipswich and I think uh, i'd like to see him start uh, on the left side of midfield with um with uh Moxie at left back and then I quite like to see Scanlon on the other side and Zaha rested and maybe as you say give Easter a chance up front I've Uh, got to
3: say I would like to see Zaha playing because although he did get sent off wasn't it last season um, away at Portsmouth he did not give them the run around didn't he he absolutely tore them apart away from home and I think his pace against that that back line-up, they're not going to be able to cope, especially low on confidence, as you say, from their poor away performances this season. I think it's one of the games where he definitely should be starting out. I'd be, I'd be more keen on giving Ambrose a rest, to be honest. I think I, I would much prefer to have proper four four two. 4 Parr and Sahar,
5: I think, on the wings, I think would be a nice...
3: Yeah, that's how I would go, go probably with the uh, yeah. right and
4: Jed definitely, and Yeah, yeah, definitely down the left, I think Parr should, should play, and, uh, play in front of Moxie because they just link up well and there's no reason why Scannel couldn't switch or even Zaha could start or come off or Scannel could start or come off I don't mm. know I you think thing, to play the other thing, thing with
3: Parvo you are saying earlier he's a left footed player he is a left footed player but he um, he's also got a very very good right foot he's often said that he uh, he can use both feet equally well and that offer, going forward as well as defensively that offers a lot because it makes you a lot less predictable. If you see Wolf, like well, Wolf Sahar on on the left-hand side, you know he's going to cut inside. If you see Moxie, you know he's going to go outside. But Pi, he can go either way.
4: Would you play Williams on uh, on Tuesday night? I think he's, it, no. he's he's better coming off the bench. I, really I think
3: do. I think at his stage in development, it's too much. He's played the last two games because he played the cup game, didn't he? Yeah. And then he played Saturday, I'd give him a rest. I think Portsmouth's the kind of opposition where I would hope we have enough, where we don't need to overwork Jonathan Williams.
4: I'd play par on the left, leave Williams out just for this game, and then, um, as you say, you can pick. I'd, I'd bring KG back, I think. I think we missed him on Saturday. Instead and, of
3: uh, instead of Jednak all right. all right.
4: Well, I don't know really. I mean, that's uh, that's Doogie's problem. <laughs> we we just debate it. Well, <laughs> we don't have to pick, we don't have to tell the players or pick the team. So uh, how, how is it? He you can your fence decide, there, Mark. Sorry.
3: How is it on your fence?
4: On my fence. Yeah, you're um, sitting
3: on the fence on that one, aren't you? Yes. Yeah,
4: no. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it depends. You know how how he sets up and and what his game plan is, but. Um, you know, that's just. Uh, I, I don't know how. I mean, Jedonak is slightly more attacking. KG slightly more defensive. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's a hard call. They, mm. they, no no one, no one deserves to be dropped. So it's we're, we're
3: going to find out in the fullness of time, anyway. So Albert, like we know, we know you, you. We know you want a three-one. So we're going to move on to predictions quickly because I am aware we're we're overrunning slightly. But um, you, you've gone for three-one, Albert Nick.
6: Prediction Tuesday. Um, we're due to hammer someone. If if we can get Garvin playing, I think we're, we'll be up for a 5-0. We are very we're due to absolutely bloody hammer someone. It's a we'll, bold we'll, we'll statement.
3: Mark, anything as bold as that from you?
4: No, I think a comfortable 2-0. That's mm. how I see it.
3: Well, I I reckon... I don't know. I would, it wouldn't surprise me to see a two-nil, to be honest. But just to be a little bit different, I'm going to go for three-nil because um, I, th- I think if, if Portsmouth is that poor away from home, then really, you know, with the quality we've shown at home this uh, uh, this year, then we really should be looking at taking them a bit to the cleaners. And someone who agrees with me on three-nil is um, at Palace Stats, who, and all of these guys sent in their uh, their predictions on Twitter. I think earlier today. So, Palace stats went for 3 0. Um, Depi 38 went for 2 1 to the Palace. And then C- at CPFC Brad, at Stu YM 69, at Gary 123, and at Dwayne underscore Pipey all went for 2 0. And at Doug, uh, Dougie Smon. Dougie Smon. <laughs> Dougie Smon. He went for 0 0. What's that? what's wrong with you, Dougie mom? Nil nil. <laughs> no, okay. fair enough. If you're right, then you are you are king, mate, because um, that that that's quite a prediction. Two nil nils in a row in this league is um, hmm. certainly. Is that
6: the um, competition there? if you get the the person with the most predictions wins something at the end of the season? Is that right, Mikey?
4: A day out with you, or something. Yeah.
6: <laughs> they get to join <laughs> Hambo
3: Hammer in Hammersmith later <laughs> in the season.
6: They yeah. get to empty my vomit being at school.
4: Oh, that is gross. lovely.
3: Anyway, we've got a couple more. i um, got a couple more.
4: Oh, they get a shirt, don't they? Something the in yeah. that competition. Uh, they get a shirt. We've got I mean, a couple. Can, get, uh, ne- next season's Premiership shirt. Yeah. <laughs> mm, what are they gonna? Yeah. Okay. There's uh, just
6: one more thing from the chat room about the Pompey game. They're, they're they're asking in the chat room if we can get rather than the crystals at half-time... If we can have the fox out on the pitch again and the eagle, Kyla, just to see who'd win. The fox versus the eagle at halftime. Much better than on me shed, son, anyway, I reckon. Um,
3: I, I would put that to uh, to the powers that be. However, I don't fancy the fox or the eagle. So, no. Oh. There we are. My, yeah. my unlimited power is quelling you all in wholeradio.net forward slash chat there. So, uh, we've got a couple of emails to finish. I'm going to read this one because it mentions me, and it's from one of my favorite, favorite emailers, which is Wilma Fingerdoo. Thank you very much, Wilma. <laughs> it says, Good show, fellas, and John. Thanks, that's it. Your- I hate you. (laughs) Um, David Wright had a storm on Saturday. The guy was uh, sliding in hard on all the Reading midfielders. Mm. Also, Murray's movement was top class. He was constantly, second time using this, pulling off at the far post. Ref was, as usual, pony. And I'd like to see balls deep into their end. That's not even possible. Um, As Murray wins far more than he loses in the air. So, thank you, Wilma, for that. And uh, I'm going to let Albert read the last one out. <laughs>
6: Good I did the luck, last Albert. One. Oh,
3: Christ. Yeah, but I hate it.
5: <clears> right. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be here for at least ten minutes. Okay, greetings. Yeah. Firstly, I'm deeply saddened that Hambo couldn't present today, although the idea that Lizzie Greenwood Hughes could read out my emails, she's mildly attractive in a sort of, um, I've got Harry Dude's- Monk in my hair way. <laughs> Anywho, my digress. I firstly want to speak of my unbridled disgust at our cup draw. I mean, I appreciate that Man United are a bit on a, on a bit of a roll at the moment, and some may even class them as a big club. But come on, moving our game against Barnsley is just taking the piss. I think people understand what I mean when I say that Barnsley away on a Tuesday night is always a special, special night. And when I first looked at the fixture list, it was that game that particularly stood out to me as the game I had to make. I actually managed to persuade my African cousin and my North Korean uncle to bring them and their families over for the match. But I guess I'll have to drown them in the Thames now to satisfy my desire for entertainment on Cold Tuesday November evenings. A bit, a bit strange. Uh, I'm quite enjoying this John guy presenting today. By the way, despite what Nick is saying, oh, and a big up to my Friedman out thread, just because, well, it deserves some attention, and I secretly cover a gold talk thread. Maybe uh Amber can and sort of that out for you. Much love and many kisses to you and all your family in this festive Yuletide. And that, of course, is from Serial Thriller.
3: Well, thank thanks very much, Serial Thriller, for that. As usual, a tome of useless ramblings. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to be a little less brutal than that. Anyway. You have to read it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I made you read it. So that's cheered me up a little bit. Anyway, that's that kinda really brings us to the end of the show, guys. I mean we got Cardiff away next week. We didn't really get to talk about that, but there's not a lot to talk about until we play Portsmouth on Tuesday anyway. Um and obviously the next show is gonna be Sunday, sixth of November, which is the day before our special Homesdale Radio extra extra show on the E P P P P P P rules, in which we're going to have uh, Crystal Palace co-chairman Steve Parish versus uh, Gareth Southgate, who's got some ridiculous FA title which I've completely forgotten. Um, Sounds like some the,
4: WWF tie, doesn't
3: it? It does. He's like the he's the he's the World Wildlife it, Foundation, the Football Association head of elite development, which mm. basically means. He just checks what's going on, and if it goes wrong, he gets wrong, paid large wads of. Cash he gets paid large it. wads of money, and when it goes wrong, which it inevitably does with England, uh, it'll be his neck on the chopping block. He but just blames Trevor
6: Brooking. He said it's Trevor's fault.
3: I blame Garth Crooks. I blame Frank you
6: know, Steve
3: Claridge. Actually, no. We should all blame Steve Claridge. Steve Claridge. It's all your fault. This EPPP thing, and it's all your fault yeah. that England's rubbish take that the yes. marriage So anyway, do tune in on the 7th of November, we will be plugging this list uh, mercilessly on the Sunday show, so you can tune in for some really, really poor plugging, and it just leaves me time to say thank you very much to everyone who's contributed to the show, those guys in the chat room there, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, anyone who's tweeted us with their predictions, or anyone who's emailed into the show, even if it's via Palace Radio, that's fantastic as well. Um, Shame we didn't get any callers tonight, but I'd like to thank Mark albert nick thanks guys for being here you. and supporting you, me through this difficult time and also <laughs> mikey who obviously does nothing just listens while we uh while we ramble on through the show so thanks for that see you guys on sunday <laughs>
4: Uh drinking smoking gambling and then um drinking smoking gambling and then um drinking smoking gambling. Can I just say as well, one of the highs of the season is getting getting
6: interviewed by a pissed radio
4: presenter. Rangers.
5: <laughs> i just fing love Doctor Who.
2: It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around.